Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. Welcome to the Ozone. The voice of massive magic fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast, the voice of magic fans. In the virtual studio today, we have Justin. Yo. Al. Yo. Myself, Anthony. And today is Monday, December 28th. We are... Three days post-Christmas. First and foremost, man, how's your Christmas? And uh, I, I know um, one of you, if not all of us, have got magic here. I want to hear what you guys got. Man, so Christmas was good, man. Just family time, a lot of eating, and a lot of magic basketball. Um, for me, really, the magic made my, made my week, man. It really, they really did it for me. Um, getting back to Amway, so you guys know I was there on, on Wednesday night for opening night beating the heat, and just being back at the arena, that was really just the best part of Christmas for me, besides the family, of course. But just being able to get back and, and just enjoy Magic Basketball Live, for me, it was the first time since late February that I was able to get to, a, to, a, to Amway again. Um, so that was the best part of Christmas for me. Yeah, my Christmas consisted of a whole lot of wine, a whole lot of food, and a whole lot of Magic gear, and a whole lot of magic cheer. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not trying to rhyme. Wow. But what I will say, <laughs> wow. what I will good. say is Santa knew what was on my wish list because Santa came through with magic T-shirts, magic hats, magic shorts, sweatpants, socks, everything you could ask for. It was, it was beautiful. Yeah, man. It's, uh, it, this was my daughter's very first Christmas. Um, for those that don't know. Um, had a baby girl that was born about three months ago back in October. So first Christmas with her around. And, uh, man, we decked her out with a whole bunch of Orlando Magic gear. Uh, so shout out to Amazon for being available <laughs> because, I man, I went on the Orlando Magic website and they literally did not have much uh, mm. for newborns. But on Amazon, I'm talking about Magic Princess, Magic Girl Magic Power, whatever. Like there was so many, there was so many Orlando Magic gear. I want to say that I invested in about a hundred dollars worth of three to six month Orlando Magic gear for my baby girl. <laughs> so that, that's probably probably the most exciting. You should saw my family. My family is flipping out. They're like, "Man, who's this secret Santa that buy all this for your daughter?" I'm like, "That's me, man. I'm the secret Santa." <laughs> <laughs> no, that's dope. You sent us the picture. Of what you got and then what she got. And I was like, oh, she beat you. Oh, she yeah, beat yeah. you by a mile. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, nah, my wife hooked me up, too. We got, uh, I got a Magic uh, Under Armour uh, traveling bag, which was pretty dope. Hey, Atlanta Magic dope. Tumblr. I got a couple hoodies. Um, for those that know me, I'm a big fan of Orlando Magic 47 hats. So, I got me a few of those. Yes. Bald man. So, you know, I, I got a hats. <laughs> hats are important. <laughs> But man, it was it was good to finally see um, the Orlando Magic back in action. Um, I I'm not going to get into the details, but I've joined the Spectrum team, so I've been able to watch Orlando Magic <laughs> on Spectrum. Don't ask you the details; caved. details aren't important. <laughs> but it, it it was good being able to watch. Um, and then a couple of times I, I was able to watch live, so I was able to watch some of the replays. And man, our, our team is it's. It, it's exciting to watch like really really it truly is exciting um they're playing a lot better than than what i expected um and, and i know that they've surprised a lot of people they definitely surprised me 
So the fact that we are starting off the season 3-0 for the first time since the 2009-2010 season, I believe, back when we had J.J. Redick, Matt Barnes, Dwight Howard. Uh, the fact that we're, we're able to do something like that with the roster that um, was kind of looked at as not as great, the fact that we were able to do that, I find that is a massive accomplishment. What do you guys think? Yeah, man. And I think when, when you realize that this is a season that we all thought the team was going to struggle, right? Like, like, we're like, hey, this may not be our year. We may actually not make the playoffs. And here we are. Not only did we beat the Heat, and I know the national media is trying to downplay the fact that we beat the Wizards. But, hey, weren't they saying that they were going to be a sixth seed in the East and that they had Westbrook and Beal and they're this top team? And all of a sudden, they're like, oh, you know, the Magic just beat the Wizards. So, you know, it doesn't really count. Either way, I think it's been exciting. They're playing hard. That's the biggest difference for me. Their pace is amazing and how hard they're playing, to me, has been the biggest thing about this team so far. I'm simply loving it. Yeah, man, I'm in love, too. And I know you're going to go into details on who they played and how much they won by. Um, And I, I don't know if it's continuity early on. I don't know what it is, but... All of these guys look rejuvenated, revitalized. The energy is great. You know, it's exciting to watch. I feel like since I since I moved to Orlando, this is the funnest version of the Orlando Magic that I've been able to watch. Um, I don't know, just a lot of young guys, a lot of energy, and I'm here for it. Man, uh, and and you're right. We're gonna we're gonna do the breakdown in just a moment, but I, a lot of people they're not gonna like what I'm about to say, but. The adjustments Uh-oh. that, in my opinion, Steve Clifford have made is a reason why we are doing so well early on. Granted, it's only three games, so you can say what you want. In the interview that he just said, he says that he doesn't take a look at the conference standing to at least 20 games in and whatnot. But Lies. listen, we're, 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 right. we're number one in the East right now. I don't care what you say. No one expected that. We played against Miami the very first game. Stop acting like they are not the Eastern Conference champions playing back-to-back against the Wizards away <laughs> is never easy with or without fans is not easy. And the fact that we are able to do that successfully is credit to Steve Clifford because um, what, what I, what stands out to me the most and just collectively is he literally gave the keys over to Terrence Ross and said, the second unit is yours. We're going to run plays for you. You are going to be our our guy. He is the guy. He has a green light to do whatever he wants. Shoot how many ever times he wants. Doesn't matter if two people are guarding him. His job is to catch and shoot. And from what I've seen, he is the fastest catch and shoot player right now in the NBA. I have no statistical background to back it up, <laughs> but he is just playing that well. And I mean, it, it shows, man. He just dropped, what, 25, 26 points a game before, and he's averaging, I, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but he's averaging in the 20s. The dude's balling out. And the biggest thing for me with Terrence is he's not only settling for that three-point shot coming off those screens. He's doing a great job pump faking, taking a few dribbles, either going for that mid-range shot or going all the way for a layup or a dunk, which, again, in years past, that would have been a simple catch and shoot, either forcing it or fade away, whatever it meant, but it was a three-point shot. This year, it's not. So as a defender, what do you do? You close out on the three, you're giving up the easy path to the basket. So that's a new dimension of T-Ross that we've never seen before. 
right, so for those that, that missed the games and aren't aware of the scores, I, I know a lot of the listeners, if you're listening, you already know, but we're just going to recap it real quick. So Wednesday, um, which was our first game of the season against the Miami Heat, um, Magic won 113-107. Fournier, your guy, Justin, led the way with 25 points. Let's Gordon, go, 20. <laughs> Ross off the bench with 19. Then that Saturday against the Wizards, again in Washington, was uh, Orlando winning 130 to 120. So we won by 10. And this is with Russell Westbrook, our first look at, at Russell with the Wizards. And then that was a back-to-back, our first back-to-back of the season against the same team, which is very uncommon in the NBA season. We normally don't see anything like that unless it's in the playoff atmosphere. But that was a 120 to 113. This game is where um, Russell Westbrook did not play. So it's really led by Bradley Beal. And in this game, it was Fultz career high, 26 points. Ross off the bench with 26 points. And Evan Fournier with a very ugly 19 points. Man, this guy's a hater. Listen, <laughs> it was that, an ugly that, 19 you could say it man. was an ugly 19, but it was a 19 that was necessary because we would have lost without it. I will say. Uh, just kind of piggybacking on what you guys are saying about Terrence Ross. I feel like he's understanding uh, that for this team to win, he needs to play a major role, even if that is coming off the bench. Um, and I, I think he's fulfilling that. I'm very happy to see Evan Fournier um, more active offensively. And also, uh, he doesn't – the sense I get is that he doesn't feel the need to have to score every single time. I think he's passing more often. He's looking to defer more often. And that was one of the points that I made uh, a couple episodes back, you know, saying that if Fournier was going to still be on this team and thrive, uh, he would have to kind of accept a new role. And I think he's doing great at that new role. So one thing that I mentioned is, you know, how Ross is now being handed the key of the bench to T. Ross. Hey, listen, you run with this team. I think the same can be said about the, the starters with Markel Fultz. They've told him, hey, you create the offense. You kind of direct the show. It's, it's your show. Go, go out there and do it. And that's made Fournier be better because Fournier is no longer bringing the ball up, creating off pick and rolls, forcing things really in the offensive end. He's actually now just coming off screens, shooting wide open shots, Hmm. pump faking, going for layups. And that is the Evan Fournier. I said it on Twitter the other day. If this is a Fournier we have, bring him back because that's the shooting guard that we need. Someone who can just compliment Markel Fultz and the starters. I got to interrupt. I got to interrupt. You, Al, are saying bring Fournier back. Not for hundred million, not even close <laughs> to that. And to play this type of a role, which is yeah, you're a complimentary player role. to Markel Fultz and the rest of the guys, not the guy. Um, if he can do that, which he's been doing really well the first three games, man, this is the Evan Fournier that we need. Man, my my New Year's resolution is to be as optimistic about Evan Fournier as Al and Justin at this moment. Now, but in in all honesty, I I would agree that Evan Fournier has been playing a better type of basketball that is beneficial for the team. He doesn't seem like he's really forcing too much. He's playing within the flow of the offense. And he's making, for the most part, good decisions. He's not trying to be the leading scorer of the team. And when he does have a really um, big game, like the first game against Miami, he does it in a way where it doesn't it doesn't impact the team in a negative way. He's not just sticking to the two-ball game with Nikola Vucevic. So it is helping the team. And you're right. If he can be a player that can knock down that three, because that three-point is is crucial for us, and we saw that in the close right. game against the Wizards on Sunday, you know, he, he does bring a lot of good tangibles to the team. And if he can stay within that realm 
that narrow tunnel where he is kept grounded and Markel Foltz is our main guy. Nikola Vucevic is our main guy. I can definitely see a world where it works. Not for 100 mil, but I can definitely see a world where it works. I think that's, you know, Evan falling into that role, number one, is a byproduct of, you know, Markel kind of being able to run the show. Um, but not just that. I think it's also a byproduct of having actual scorers on this team now. For the longest time, Evan and Vooch were the best scorers. So, I mean, who else was going to handle? Who else was going to shoot? You know what I mean? And I think Evan is starting to realize that. Uh, which is great for me because I, I love Evan Fournier, and I have no shame in saying that if the man could re-sign in Orlando, I'd be happy seven days a week. Yeah, and then uh, and you bring up another good point. The team does have way more offense, and I think a lot of that has to do, uh, and I'm going to say it again, the second unit. The second unit is balling, and as much as we talk crap about um, Steve Clifford's rotation, I really like the balance that he has. I don't like that he does wait too late to kind of see what, the game is in terms of his substitutions where he kind of has a set structure of who gets subbed in when um but the the play of Cole Anthony has been I'm, I'm so happy that his play from the preseason is transitioning well into the regular season um because he's been playing really good and that that allows the offense to open up for Terrence Ross and man that dude is he's a he's a big boy rebounder how many times mm-hmm. did we see him on Sunday grab uh, towards the end of the game? Nasty two-handed rebound that he tried to put back up. Kind of missed it, but still worked out in our favor. But he's definitely someone that is impacting the team positively in a way that, dare I say it, DJ Augustine couldn't do for us. Yeah. I think when you look at Cole Anthony, MCW, and Chumal Kiki, well, and Ken Burge, what they bring to the table so far through three games it's energy to another level. Those dudes are diving for balls. They're going for every single rebound out there. And Chumo Kiki is sneaky good. Like, he's not out there shooting the ball. He's not attacking the basket. He's not looking to score. But he is just, you know, tapping the ball the right direction. He's hustling. He's setting good picks. And those are things that you don't notice, kind of like what Carter Williams did yesterday in the fourth quarter. If you look at the stats, they don't show it. But the effort that he played with, the defense that he played on Bradley Beal in that fourth quarter – Nobody in the Magic, including Aaron Gordon, was playing him as well as that. So I think this bench is, is sneaky good. Like, they're not big names. They're not doing anything crazy, but they're doing just the right things a team needs to secure the win. You know, uh, during the offseason, I saw a lot of work that Ken was doing with um, Henry Wu. I follow him on Instagram, and we talk back and forth a little bit. But I saw uh, a lot of the off-season work that Kem was doing, and, and I was anxious to see if it would translate, you know, into actual in-season play. And I feel like a lot of that is translating. Um, I think Kem Birch is a player that is confident in, you know, his skill set, and he's he's comfortable with playing within that skill set. And anytime you get a player who is willing to play, uh, understanding his limitations, he's going to thrive, right? Because a lot of times players try to do more than what they're capable of and they start turning the ball over and over dribbling and things like that. Uh, but Ken Birch is a problem, man. I'm interested in seeing what that dynamic looks like once Mo Bamba is healthy and comes back. Um, is it possible that Kem still outplays Bamba? I mean, I don't know. It's exciting to see. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for it. Yeah, I mean, I think the dynamic of the of the team is going to change a little bit once we get these unhealthy players back on the court. Like, what what is the dynamic going to be now when we have James Ennis and now you have Dwayne Bacon? Is Dwayne Bacon going to go from? Is he going to be put in the two in the second unit? Is he going to be more in the third unit and just playing whenever? Like, what is the expectation? Mo Bamba, how is that going to look like? 
So it's it's going to be interesting to see how this team can keep up the the crazy job that they've been doing. You take a look at our first three games, and we scored over 100 points the first three games. We struggled so much last season early on to get to 100 points, and we're just like, when is it going to happen? Because we struggled so much offensively. Markel Fultz, balling out. He is playing so good right now, leading the team, which I find a little ironic because a lot of people, um, I'm not going to pinpoint exactly who those individuals are, but a lot of people were kind of complaining on the contract extension that we gave Markel Fultz. So jumping into the juice, um, we didn't get a chance to talk about this topic too much because we did have Dante on the last episode, but um, Magic signed Markel Fultz to an extension, three-year extension, $50 million, and then Jonathan Isaac to a four-year, $80 million extension. Now that we're on the topic, uh, we didn't have an opportunity to kind of express our, our feelings on it. How do you guys see those extensions? Um, how do you guys, what do you guys think about it? Hey, I, I'm very happy with um, the three-year extension for Markel, $50 million, and I think the third year is a team option. That's beautiful. If that's how it plays out, I think Orlando did a phenomenal job with that extension. Uh, Jonathan Isaac is a little trickier, right? I feel like a lot of people on social media, for example, were talking about how $80 million for a player who three years in hasn't proven to be healthy, has been injured all three seasons. Um, but I, I remember earlier in the year, you know, Jonathan Isaac, this was post-knee injury. I mean, I'm sorry, pre-knee injury. People were talking about $95 million for, you know, for an extension, four-year extension for him. So I think $80 million with the knee injury, it is a little much for a player that, again, you don't know what he's going to be after that knee injury. Uh, but I think it's a good risk to take. Jonathan has already proven that he's elite defensively, um, which is, you know, a cornerstone of this team's uh, style of play. So if you can have J.I. As, an, as a defensive anchor, even if he's not a primary scoring option, I think it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's risky, but it's not as risky as, say, something north of $90 million. Yeah, I think I second everything that Justin said. I mean, when you look at the Fultz deal in particular, what's there not to like? I mean, you, when you look at the potential of this kid at 22 years old, you're locking him up for three years pretty much at $50 million. That's, I mean, you're overpaying tons of players that have way less of a potential. That kind of money, easily in the NBA these days. So Markel, to me, it's a great deal. The J.I. one, again, you have concerns, the health factor. Um, there are rumors, I don't know if it's official or not, that the deal is actually four years, $70 million, and that the last $10 million is actually in incentives, like winning Defensive Player of the Year and so forth. So it's even better in that case. Guarantee um, $10 million? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I do think, again, if these guys are healthy, look at what Markel looks like already this season, and you add a healthy J.I., and you're paying these dudes, what, a combined $35 million between these two guys? That's a gift. I mean, just the potential alone for me does it. And again, the front office has done a great job signing smart contracts while they've been in Orlando. This is another one of that scenario where if they hit on this one's, will be able to land a really good free agent because of how little they're paying these dudes. Well, they should be getting paid close to the max if they play to their potential. Markel Fultz is a former number one draft pick. Markel Fultz is not Anthony Bennett. He's not a bust. He had an issue with Philly. That issue didn't allow for his game to progress. They tried to force him in a team that they needed to win now. 
And the Orlando Magic, we gave him an opportunity to take your time. We're not forcing you. We're willing to go at the speed that you're willing to go to. And it played out. It, it worked out for us. We traded Jonathan Simmons in a bag of chips for Markel Fultz. Like, it's, the, it's, it's going to be considered one of the biggest steals of the century. And we're already seeing that with the play that we've seen um, him doing. So $50 million to me for three years, it makes sense. I'm surprised that we didn't give him more. And Jonathan Isaac... We gave him the same contract that we gave Aaron Gordon. Whether it is, is 70 instead of 80 and 10 million, not guaranteed, whatever the case may be. But if you were to ask me right now, if we had a healthy Jonathan Isaac, I get that he's not. But if we had a healthy Jonathan Isaac and no Aaron Gordon, or if we had an Aaron Gordon and no Jonathan Isaac, I'm going to go with Jonathan Isaac, no Aaron Gordon, because I know that our team will be a better team with J.I. than it would be with Aaron. So, I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not upset i'm not bothered i'm actually happy that we didn't give these guys more i was a part of me was afraid that we we're gonna give jonathan isaac a max contract because he's definitely a player that if healthy imagine if this dude never got hurt at all and he is full-blown healthy able to play right now what type of contract will be given this dude that's true 150 plus this dude what's this guy's name from uh the hawks collins he God. turned down he turned down his contract because he thinks that he can get more and truthfully on the market for another team trying to steal him away, I believe it. I believe someone's gonna give him a lot more than what was the reported ninety mil 90. that the Hawks mm-hmm. were trying to give him. Someone out there is gonna give it to him. And we lucked out with an unhealthy Jonathan Isaac for a four year eighty mil. Give me that. I'm glad you signed so, that in a heartbeat. I remember when the injury happened again. We were all devastated, and, and we couldn't believe that Jack got hurt again back in August. But the one thing that I mentioned in the next episode that we recorded was, this reminds me 100% yeah. of Stephen Curry back in 2013. The ankle injuries, you could not get healthy. The extension came about, and the Warriors got him on one of the cheapest contracts in NBA history for the talent that he was able to display the, the few years after that. It reminds me a lot of that. If J.I. hits, and he's the player that we think he'll become, so is Markel Fultz with that low of a salary. What happens is now a free agent is out there, wants a change of scenery, wants to come to play for a young team that can compete. Guess what? Now we'll have money for him. So that's what, that's what this creates. You know, so this injury is, again, it's unfortunate. We want to see J.I. on the court. But this could work out in our favor down the road. Yeah, I, I, I think that we're in a good position. <clears throat> and this next draft class is supposed to be a deep draft draft class, so I, I think we're gonna, we're going to be all right. For those that are <clears throat> questioning the amount of money that we gave them, relax. It's not your money. We're able to afford it. We're good. <laughs> In addition to Jonathan Isaac um, and Markel Foles getting their extension, it was reported that Magic also exercised their fourth-year team option on Mo Bamba. This is an obvious move. I didn't expect the front office to do anything but this. And it also shows that they are still fully invested in Mo Bamba. Um, he's a player that has been impacted by injuries. He's been impacted by COVID. There's a lot of things impacting this dude. Um, but it was also reported that he was cleared to participate in full contact work with the team. What did this mean to you guys? And are you guys excited with the fact that one, we exercise our fourth year option and two, we might be seeing a return of Mo Bamba. I'm, I'm torn. Cause I, I'm getting a lot of, uh, AG vibes for Mo. This is his fourth year. I don't know how, I don't want to say how much better he's going to get. That's not fair to him. He hasn't had enough time to play and be on the court to develop. Um, 
but it just it just feels like every year it's something different right and then it's like how many times can that happen before you're like okay well we have to try it out with somebody else um and i don't know if orlando's getting to that point or i'm just impatient as a fan um but I'm concerned about that. I'm concerned about Mo Bamba's long-term health, and I'm, I'm concerned about how much he will be able to develop considering how many setbacks he's had. He is still young, um, and I hope that he comes in and, and he plays well. I don't know if at this point he would beat out Ken Birch for that uh, second-string role, even though he, you know, because he is a good shooter. Like, I do have to give him that credit. Um, but defensively, he's a question mark. Off the ball, it seems like he's lost more times than he isn't. Um, so I'm, I'm a little concerned again. I don't know how well he's going to play in Orlando. I don't know if he's going to be a part of Orlando's long-term plan. Uh, but as long as he's on this team, I'm going to root for his success. So I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. As you said, and I think it's an obvious move. It was expected. We, we needed to bring him back when they're going to just decline that option. So this is his third year going, going on with the team. The first two, unfortunately, Kind of like J.I., not really playing much, not part of the, of the rotation too much, due to injury mostly. And even now that he's back in practice, you know, we see him on the bench with the team, but he hasn't really hit the court yet, and we're all waiting for that moment. Obviously, if Mo Bamba comes back and he is the player that we want him to be, that, that shot blocker, rebounder, a guy that can stretch the floor, man, again, another dimension to our team that we haven't seen yet, another guy that can contribute and play at a high level. Is that going to happen? We'll see. He had his moments last year before his injuries. We just got to hope that he can bring it back and be even better than last year. Again, Markel took a step forward. Can Mo do the same? If that's the case, I mean, again, it's a guy that you have to build around. It's a guy that you, you it's part of your core. You drafted him. You want to see him in Orlando. But like you said, Justin, Cam Burch is balling out. Vooch is Vooch. Where are the minutes going to come from? So it's kind of concerning. I think the the part that really makes me optimistic is the fact that the second unit um, there there's there's an obvious bond between Mo Bamba and Terrence Ross, and then there's also an obvious bond between Cole Anthony and Mo Bamba. And uh, we all heard the interview that Terrence Ross had with Cole Anthony, where um, the uh, I'm not phrasing exactly, but his motor the conversation topic of his motor was was brought up to where he overslept and in whatever case may be. But I think that if there's any individual players that can really hold him accountable, it's going to be the leaders of that second unit. It's going to be Cole Anthony uh, playing at <clears throat> the speed that he's playing, diving on the ball, grabbing rebounds. That's going to really hold him accountable to be the player that we think that he can be. And I, I think that with those players, I think we're going to see a better Mo Bamba than we have previously. Um, I just hope that it's sooner rather than later. Can you imagine if he comes back into the lineup and he plays what we expect him to play like, or at least half of that? If he's a threat on the three-point line, if he's able to grab rebounds at an elite level and play defense on an elite level, especially when we don't have Jonathan Isaac, if he's able to do just that, if he's able to be a 3 and D player at the five, I will be happy. If you're going in there and you're being a threat on the three-point line and you're able to grab rebounds and play defense, are we really expecting that much more from Mo Bamba when we're clearly invested in Nikola Vucevic? I'm okay with that. I want to see it sooner rather than later. And definitely before any talks of his contract extension of whatever when that time comes, because I can only imagine the deal that we're going to give him. But it's, it's something that I do look forward to. I, I think that those two players are going to really impact him positively. Now, jumping into passer shoot. <laughs> so, 
Big question. And obviously, the first three games of the NBA season, we like to overreact on things. Markel Fultz, will he be named an all-star this season? Hell yeah. There's been... There's been talks I, about it all over social media. I don't even need to hear oh, the rest man. of the question. I'm shooting. Markel Fultz, the second game against the Wizards, 29 minutes, 26 points. I mean, come on, dude. For for a guy, two for two on three-pointers, a guy that doesn't even shoot the three ball, to have that much confidence, you know what I mean? And and the one thing I talk to my dad about Markel a lot, the one thing that I love about Markel is he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low. If he if he turns the ball over, he's right back on defense. You know what I mean? If he hits a big three, he's right back on defense. So I'm not I, I, I I'm not worried about his production. Uh I think that that's gonna sustain and I actually think it's gonna improve. I think anybody who thought that Markel uh you know wasn't gonna kind of get his offensive game back. I think that that was a little bit of an overstatement for a lot of people. Um, I think the biggest thing that was going to be a question mark for Markel was his confidence because his skills were there. You know what I mean? You don't get drafted number one by accident. I think that there is uh, a science to that. You know what I mean? And I think his confidence uh, had fallen a little bit when he was in Philly because of his injury and how the team broadcasted that to everyone. Uh, But being in a situation where, he gets nothing but love from the city of Orlando, the coaching staff, the ownership. Everybody's behind Markel a thousand percent. Everybody's patient with him. And he sees that, you know what I mean? And I think that's going to just further uh, help develop his confidence. And I think that man's going to be a problem. So you're shooting on that, right? A hundred percent. This season. This season. So I'm, I'm going to pass. And only because I feel like it's a year too early. So I think this is a year where Markel arrives, right? This is the year where Markel kind of makes a name for himself. Heck, we might even get some games on ESPN finally because Markel has that brand recognition. He, he's that player, the, the first pick in the draft a few years back, the good story. So we'll get some recognition because of Markel, but I think we're a year too early. I think this is a year where he makes a name for himself. The Magic hopefully perform at a better level than they're expected to, so that alone brings more recognition to the team again. Um, but I don't think it's it's quite there to be an all-star. I mean, you got a guy like Bradley Beal who missed the all-star game last season. And the East got stronger this year, right? You got now KD back. You got Irving back healthy. Um, and it's only, what, 10 spots, 12 spots in the all-star team? So it's going to be a little tougher, I feel, for Markel to make that that leap this season. But I think next year, for sure, he'll be an all-star if he continues to develop the way he is. I think as long as the Magic stay, you know, toward the middle or top of the pack in the East, the more likely it is Markel gets that nod because the more eyes will be on him. Now, if we're at the bottom of the Eastern Conference and, you know, the the no national game schedule is, you know, stays the way that it is, then, yeah, he probably won't make it. But I think if Orlando continues to play at the level that they're playing at with the excitement and the pace that they're playing at, uh, the national recognition will come. And I think as long as there's a, a national spotlight on your team, they're going to be all-stars named from that team. And I would expect Markel to be at the top of the list for Orlando. It's hard, man, because like the guard position, especially in the East, when it comes to the All Star, um, I, I find it challenging. I mean, we take a look at an example of Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal was a, oh, I want to say they they made the mention. I got to take a look at it, but I want to say they said that he was the second um, leading scorer in the NBA, averaged over thirty points a game, um, and he still didn't get the All Star nod. Um, <clears throat> I agree with you, Al. I think that we're still a year off. 
Um, but man, if he can if he can play at an All Star level, I'll take that. There's not going to be an All Star game this year. Um, I'll take that all day. Uh, Markel Fultz is a massive guard. The play that he had on on the last game where he was ta- he was in transition and he just completely bodied NATO like j- completely like move out of my way. A freight train in the middle had him flying and was able to control his pace and then make such an easy layup, easy score. Does he if he makes an all star, you know, good for him. I don't think it will happen, but as long as he can keep playing at that level, I think for the most part that's the most important part. Um, hey, for we me, should for put the a fans friendly, and for the team. We should put a friendly wager on it. I really believe Markel makes all star this year. If he could stay healthy, obviously. Justin, I am all about making wagers with you. I don't think we've said <laughs> it on air, so we can make this official and I can have proof and record. <clears throat> we already have a wager that Evan Fournier will not be on this team next season, will not play a game in Orlando Magic uniform. So I'm if you want to put another wager on top of it, if you want to put another wager on top of it, we can definitely do that. Always down. <laughs> now, uh, jumping into our next passer shoot, Terrence, Wa- Terrence Ross will be a top three contender for the sixth man of the year award. I am shooting for sure on this one. I am definitely shooting on this one. And the reason being, so Ross is a sixth man, right? But if you look at the minutes, he is playing starter minutes. He's playing 29 minutes a game right now. And our three men, whoever that may be, Bacon, Ennis, when he's back healthy, they're not going to take minutes away from, from Terrence Ross. So if you ask me, Terrence Ross is going to be playing close to 28 minutes a night. He has the green light from whenever he wants to shoot it. And with the way he's developed his game this season, unless he gets injured, which let's pray that does not happen, I can definitely see Terrence Ross being a top three contender, if not finally being the, the sixth man of the year, if the Magic play at a high level. Um, so I'm definitely shooting on this one. I am passing. I don't think Terrence Ross will be a contender for sixth man of the year this year. Uh and the reason I'm passing is because I have a feeling that Terrence Ross becomes a starter this year. And I think Terrence Ross is going to start at the small forward position. Um, I don't know. Ant's looking at me like I'm crazy. He could start when Fournier gets traded. He, he's not, he's not going to start for this simple reason. Cliff is so hell-bent on having this man and his firepower come off the bench that it doesn't make sense for him to be a starter we've tried to put him in the starting lineup and it didn't work out he's a better contributor off the bench hands mm. down easy money i think i think that terrence ross's game has been revitalized by the by the fact that there's young players on this team who want to run and i think terrence ross's game fits a high tempo high pace game and because of that i expect them to move into the starting lineup with markel fultz i and i don't know i am i may be wrong but i do think that at some point toward the middle, maybe earlier than the middle of the season, you're going to see Markel at the one, Fournier at the two, Terrence Ross at the three, AG at the four, Vooch at the five. And I think that's going to help increase the pace. If you if you watch the game, even when the starters play, yes, Markel is picking up the pace of the team, but they're still dragging their feet. Other than Markel and AG running and, and pushing that pace, they're still slow. How do you do? How do you improve that? You improve that by putting in a guy who's going to run, Right, he can lead the break and he can also trail and hit a three. I think Terrence Ross is perfect for the starting lineup. It's just a matter of getting it done. 
I don't know, man. I, I think that the only way that he would be in the, and obviously this isn't our pass or shoot, but the only way that I see him going into the starting lineup is if we trade Evan Fournier and we don't get a shooting guard back in return and Cole Anthony isn't ready. That's the only way that I see it. I don't see that happening. I think that Terrence Ross is not going to move from where he is, and I definitely think that he's going to be a top three contender for six, man. I'm I'm shooting on that. The dude is playing out of his mind, and it, it does depend on if he's able to sustain this whole entire, like, the way his, his ability to, to shoot, his shooting has to stay um, at a high level that he's shooting. His confidence needs to stay at a high level, uh, not just relying on his three-point shooting, but also taking it to the lane, uh, taking advantage of his his mid range jump shot and then him staying healthy, can he be a six man of the year? Yeah, when I take a look at the last five players win six man of the year, you got Harrow in twenty twenty, Lou Williams in twenty nineteen, twenty eighteen, Aaron Gordon, Eric Gordon in two seventeen, and Jamal Crawford in twenty sixteen. Like I can see him being as good as the players that we just mentioned. And there's no reason. This dude obviously hasn't done it in a Magic uniform, but he's dropped 50 points in a game. He has that kind of flair of the sixth man, and he likes it. He likes his role. He likes being able to be that player that can come off the bench, bring the energy, bring the spark, and then he does play a high amount of minutes. He does play the amount of minutes of a starter, and we have him in in late games. I think, one, he'd rather play in the second unit, and two, I don't, I don't think Cliff would damage his second unit like that. If he doesn't crack the starting lineup, then yes, he will be in the running for six-man of the year. That's all I wanted to hear, Justin. I'll take that, <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that answer. <laughs> now, obviously, with James Ennis not in the starting unit, uh, not in – uniform not playing because he is injured um we've had to incorporate Dwayne Bacon in the starting lineup as we did in preseason the Dwayne Bacon starting experiment hasn't really worked is it time to make an adjustment to the starting lineup simple shooting get that man out the starting lineup (laughs) (laughs) but the thing is this though who do you put in there who 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 are you gonna start instead of him when James Ennis gets back healthy you make that swap or yeah for sure or you you put Terrence Ross in that three spot. Stop it! It's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. Listen, you 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 don't make any adjustments yet until we start losing games. We're three and zero. Why would you change it? Exactly. I, I, so that's why I'm shooting. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm passing on this one. I think we should keep it as is for now. But the moment that James Ennis is back healthy, we got to make that swap for sure. I, I kind of feel bad for Bacon because I feel I feel the minute that James Ennis comes back, we're not going to see Dwayne Bacon at all. I would even put Gary Clark at the three for real. He's the new um. What's it one do? That was a wonder's role. I was comfortable, like I am comfortable, and I am confident in Wesley Wandu starting when he has to. Not saying it's my permanent um option, but I was okay with him in the starting lineup. I, I honestly I, I don't know how I feel about Dwayne Bacon just yet. So would you would you start Gary Clark over Dwayne Bacon? He can shoot it better, but I feel like he's a little bit too slow for that three position. As a four, I, I think would. Gary Clark a is a better forward. shooter. Is a better defender. Dwayne Bacon went five for five in the first preseason game, and then that man disappeared. I don't. I don't see. Am I? Am I wrong to think that I really didn't see Bacon really make a lot of mistakes? Yeah, his shot hasn't been falling, but he's not making. He's not making rookie mistakes, and he's not there really. You can't make mistakes when you're not involved, right? Like he's there's no there's no time in the game where I look for Bacon to make a big play defensively 
or score offense. He's kind of just – it sounds bad, but he's kind of just filling a roster it, spot at, yeah, as of right that's what now. He's doing. Yeah, and, and again, I, I really think of him as a wonder again, a guy who just got on the court. He shot when he was open. He attacked the basket when he, when he needed to. Grabbed rebounds and just play it safe. He did not make mistakes. It's the same thing with Bacon. I feel like he just he's on the court, he's playing it safe, he's not hurting us in any way, but he's not helping either. So he's just kind of on the court. <laughs> Man, I, I really wonder, and I, I'm probably going to do a little more research as soon as we get off the podcast, but how bad is his toe injury from James Ennis? I was expecting maybe, you know, obviously all the preseason, maybe miss a couple games, but... I think it's about time that we kind of test his toe out because um, I, I believe that with James Ennis in our starting unit, it's definitely going to help at the very least our our defense because I kind of feel like our defense hasn't been you know at the par of where Steve Clifford wants us to be at. Um, and I think it's definitely time to put Dwayne Bacon either in the second unit to kind of see what that looks like um, or as a filler in the third string. Yeah, I, I know that there was reports saying that it was uh, something with his calf or something that was um, affecting James Ennis. So I'm not sure if there's more to that calf injury that's that was reported. Um, but yeah, I'm surprised too because the way it seemed like it was going to be a, a two-day thing, a three-day thing, not a thing that's lasting out two and a half weeks. Um, so hopefully we get him back soon. Yeah. Um, so the week ahead, we have OKC on Tuesday. Philadelphia on Thursday, and then we play OKC on Saturday. What are your predictions? I'm going to go two and one. Um, I'm going to go with a win tomorrow. Uh, I know there's rumors going around about Al Horford not playing, uh, George Hill not playing. So if that's the case, I think we win tomorrow. Philly on Thursday is always a fun game. We always match up really well against them. If we can steal that game, we may go three and zero. But I, I think we lose either against Philly or Saturday against OKC. Um, so I'm going to go two and one. Uh, I'm going three and zero. I predicted this team is going to go seven and zero before getting their seven first loss. Uh, yeah, it sounds intense, uh, but I, I'm I'm loving their pace. I'm loving their tempo. I'm loving the selflessness on the court. Everybody's willing to pass and get others involved, and I think that that's going to shine through. I think uh, for a long time we've spoken about continuity on this team, and it hasn't shown through. And this is the first season that it has. And if we're going to be in legit, you know, conversations about being a serious team uh, who will ultimately contend for a championship, these are games that we have to win. Um, and this is how we show that we are a legitimate force in the Eastern. I Conference. think that our next three games is really going to um, prove if we're serious or not. If the first three games were lucky um, today, they released the power rankings. You got. Uh, ESPN that had us at 18 and then you had the ringer that had us at 23 or 24, something like that. So um, everyone's still counting us out. Everyone has us out of the playoffs. You beat a team like OKC and okay, we're, we're getting somewhere. You beat a team like Philadelphia and okay, we're getting somewhere, but you beat all three of them in that span. Then you have to, you have to imagine that teams are going to start taking us serious. I don't care about the power rankings in the media. Do I want them to respect us? Sure. But if they're not going to respect us, then we, that respect needs to be earned. Um, a buddy of mine was telling me just that, and I agree with him 100%. Uh, no, no one is going to give us anything. We have to go out there and take it. And who doesn't love watching Markel Fultz go off on the Philadelphia 76ers every single time? It's like the one and only time that we get to like dig that knife in deeper and deeper and deeper of how much of a steal Markel Fultz was with an extension. 
So I my prediction is I'll, I'll go two and one. I'll go two and one. I I think we beat OKC the first game. I say we beat Philadelphia, so we kind of keep that run going five and zero. And I think that second game against OKC, I think they might take it over us. Now the new year is upon us, twenty twenty one. What are your New Year's resolutions? Close this out. What are your New Year's resolutions for the Orlando Magic? Man, in 2021, all I can ask for is health for this team. Um, last year, we were hurt early on in the season when Vucevic went down. Then we lost J.I. Then we lost, uh, I think, A.G. for a portion. Then we lost Fournier for a portion of the season. Mobamba went down at the end, too. A.G. in the bubble went down. So I think we just want to see this team consistently stay together, stay healthy, and really show the front office. Because the front office is still waiting to see what this team can do when they're all healthy and playing well. We haven't seen that yet. So that, for me, is the resolution for this team is stay healthy, play hard this season, and let's see what they're made of. Because, again, right now they're looking really good. And last year they did too before they started getting hurt. So let's see what they have um, for the fan base who doubted them so much, the national media who keeps doubting them as well. I think if they can stay healthy, they can surprise some people. For 2021... I want Orlando to stake their claim. You have enough guns to sit at the big boy table, and I think it's time to show that. For a long time, you know, you've been sitting at the kids' table. Nobody's expected you to do anything. You've crept into the playoffs the last two seasons in a row. You have a healthy Markel Fultz. You have a motivated Terrence Ross. You have young guns in Cole Anthony and Chuma Okiki who have proven to be, you know, ready to play the big boy game. And I think you got you have to take advantage of that. You have Vucevic, who seemingly gets better every single year. He finally has the help that many of us claimed he needed. I think it's time. You have to make noise. Um, and this is the year to do it. Not bad. I like it. I like it. But I'm going to go with um, running. Running and shooting. Primarily from the second unit. I really hope I'm praying that the second unit burst that we've been getting, it's not a fluke. I'm not expecting um, for it to be in that capacity every single game. Um, but I really, really love what I've been seeing from Terrence Ross. Um, I really love what I've been seeing from Cole Anthony. I want to see Chumo Kiki kind of get out of his own shell because at times in the glimpse that we've seen him, um, he can put the ball on the floor and take it to the rack. He can also shoot from the outside. As long as his second unit can play at that level and bring the same consistent energy and shooting we can be down 17 points in the fourth quarter and bring the team back for our starters to kind of close it out and win it for us so if our team can continue to stay healthy can continue to what was yours again justin stake your claim absolutely and if we can continue to shoot and uh and run i i think that we're gonna be all right man we're gonna we're gonna surprise a lot of people these media they're gonna take a look all these outside media outlets are gonna take a look at our team and be like yo what is going on with the orlando magic what is going on over there i want i want teams to take us serious and all i've ever wanted and i've said this numerous times since the beginning of our podcast was for our team to be respected and no one's gonna give that to us again we're gonna have to earn it and that's all i can ask for on that note, um, it's going to be exciting to see what the Magic can do against OKC Philadelphia and OKC again. And that's a wrap for us. Thank you so much for listening. We're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. Be sure to visit our website, theozonepod.com. And remember to subscribe, rate, and leave a review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms.